0: everyone it's me Tracy thanks so much for listening to the quilting tell podcast I want to invite you to stick around to the end of this episode as quilter select presents a very special interview with author and quilter extraordinaire Alex Anderson we talk about the new precision machine quilting rulers from quilter select and the ways she's using Quilter select new 60 and 80 weight red lines That's at the end of this episode, brought to you by Quilter Select, the makers of the real non-slip quilting rulers. Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilting. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger sheehy Daddy. Hello everyone! Welcome to this episode of Quilt and Tell. Today we have a special guest. We have quilt designer, author, fabric designer, and teacher Heather Black joining us in the studio so I actually get to see her in person. And for our fine finishes segment we are actually going to talk about curved piecing so stick around for that. How are you ladies?
1: I'm doing good. Yeah, doing great, actually. Uh, I feel like things are uh, finally maybe settling down a little bit, you know, just in time for them to ramp back up. So, uh, but no, <laughs> I think things are good. I'm, I'm kind of like, well, wait, I don't have any fires that I'm putting out here. So what? speak for yourself. <laughs> purely being selfish here, but uh, yeah, no, I feel like things are finally, you know, calming down a little bit. But I just took like a, almost like a week off last week. So it was nice. It was really nice. I'm not going to oh, Yeah. Uh, but coming back to work on Monday was tough. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel was like, "Oh, ya. I got to do that whole work thing." <laughs> yeah,
2: imagine that! Yikes. What about you, Lori? Well, I already said what about you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, I've been a little, a little busy. If you had, if we had done this segment a little bit earlier today, I would have been like, oh, I'm all cool and chill. And then everything went crazy at work. So then you have a day and uh, (laughs) I I would love to have some vacation. I have that coming Ah, up next month, Yay! but I haven't really gotten much sewing done lately, but I did something fun last night. I actually did a lecture for a guild, um, nice. the Flying, Flying Geese Guild in Irvine, California. And oh. uh, they invited me to come talk about what it is like to make a quilting magazine. Nice.
1: Oh, that is so great. Okay, and, quick, Tell Tell us what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an hour?
0: <laughs> so it was fun. I haven't done a lecture in probably at least three and a half years. And so it was, it was, it was funny because I turned to my husband, I'm like, Oh, I'm nervous. I, you know, (laughs) lecture in that long. He goes, you do a podcast every two weeks. What are you talking about? So that was kind of funny, but it went really, really well. Uh, I did, I brought them through the entire process from concept of, you know, what a magazine uh, theme is going to be through, you know, doing a call for submissions and selecting quilts for the lineup, writing the patterns, doing the editing, everything all the way to the end of like picking the cover. And I talked them through all of that. And then what we did was we did a little trunk show of uh, some of the quilts that are coming up in the next issue. So they got a sneak peek. Nice. And, um, And then I showed them some of the things that I've made over the years. And so it was totally fun it was totally, totally fun.
1: Oh, and this was all via like a Zoom, Zoom. I'm guessing? Yeah. I was going to say, because you're in Colorado, so I'm going yeah. you didn't fly off to Irvine yesterday. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they had the
0: best questions. Good, It was fantastic. Oh. So it was, so, you know, because I thought, really, are they really going to want to hear? That? And my friend, um, Linda Knitson, is actually, she's the 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 program director um, for the guild. And so she was the one who called me and said, I think this would be really cool. I think people would be interested. And I thought, all right, that's fine. I'll give it a go. And oh my gosh, people had such questions. There was one really funny question or was a comment at the end because she just went, oh my gosh, I had no idea that it took all of that to do a magazine. I'm so glad I don't have that job. (laughs)
1: <laughs> maybe maybe you should send the uh, lecture to our bosses and uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> right be like hey this is everything i do <laughs> twice like <laughs> times
0: two it was funny because i even had a slide where i said you know we're working on three issues at a time uh it takes about seven months to make a magazine and we write about 250 patterns per year And so, I mean, and then my, for me, I'm working on six issues at a time (laughs) at a podcast. So yeah, sometimes it's hard to keep it all straight. It's no wonder I like, sometimes I'm like, where am I? What day is it? What do I need to do?
1: (laughs) It explains, it explains a lot.
0: (laughs) I My alarm went off this morning. I thought it was Saturday. I was so yes. sad when I realized. Yes. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I have to get up and go to work today. Yikes. Oh, that's the worst.
1: Like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> You're like, no. I still have like three more days this week or four right? more days. I'm like, oh. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Yeah, well, cool. Well, how
0: many people uh, were were in the lecture? So there are about two hundred people in the guild. There were seventy five people on the call. Nice, That's awesome. Yeah, that
1: is so great. Yeah.
0: so it was it was fun. It was very good. That's super. They liked it. So, and I was talked out by the end. I mean, I really. We t- let's think. I started. I got on the call at seven. I was done at nine forty. So the first half hour was
1: meeting and chit chat. Nice. So.
0: Nice. That was long. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but it it's was amazing.
1: Fun. Doesn't that reinvigorate you though? Like when you get out and you talk to people about something that you love, like, oh my God, the energy. I think that's what the podcast does for me. Like yes. I just As soon as I get done yes. here, I'm like, all right, now I want to go so. Yes. And yeah. So. But uh,
0: I got to say that it was funny because when, uh, when they did the introduction and they started talking about like all the things I've done and she clearly, Linda clearly went on my LinkedIn page and like started pulling some information from there to do her research. I was like, wow, I've done a lot. Like I actually <laughs> sound like a professional. That's crazy. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> who you are. You have unfolded.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of funny. And also going through the process of actually writing it down and thinking of ways to illustrate how, what it what we do every day was really mm-hmm. fascinating. I really had to sort of go through, okay, this comes next and then we do this. And, and this is what that looks like. And this is what, you know, even just showing them the art diagrams that we go from. So I took one quilt that was in one issue and I took them from what she submitted to fabric choices and what, quilt came, the, what the quilt looked like when it came in and then mm. how the images were diagrammed, how the art has to break down the quilt into step by step well steps <laughs> and then we have to start writing it from that and then we decide okay is this in the correct order do is there something that's missing that kind of stuff so it's it's really interesting from that perspective so i can see how they might be intrigued by that but it also was a definite like mind challenge for me to sort of remember all the things right
1: yeah, you're like i just do it
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 the fact that I didn't even need notes to talk about it, and I kept thinking of things. And then they'd have questions like, "How do I know? How do I know it's popular? You know, mm-hmm. like that's kind of gonna well, we have to keep looking at you know social media, and we have to you know we usually don't know um, if a magazine was popular until months after, yeah, sometimes three to six months after, um, we'll know how it's sold. So interesting. Well, are you guys ready to go talk to Heather Black?
1: Oh, I'm so ready.
0: So, yes.
1: Ginger, are you going to fangirl on her? Oh, so bad. (laughs) Bad. I'm I'm warning people in advance. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to it.
0: Hey, it's me, Tracy, again. Remember to stay tuned to the end of the episode for my interview with author fabric designer and host of the quilt show alex anderson it's presented by quilter select the makers of the real non-slip quilting rulers you know alex as a frequent guest in our podcast and not only is she great fun to talk to she's telling us all about a few of her new products she and i will chat about the new precision machine quilting rulers from quilter select as well as the new limited edition quilter select six x twelve pink quilting ruler If you buy one of those, a portion of the proceeds goes to support breast cancer research with the Dr. Susan Love Foundation. And as usual, there will be tips and tricks thrown in about using her tools and thread. That's all part of my upcoming chat with Alex Anderson brought to you by Quilter Select. Visit QuilterSelect.com today to find a Quilter Select
1: retailer near you.
0: Today for Open Studios, we are so incredibly excited. We have an amazing guest. She is a quilt cool designer, an author, a fabric designer, and a teacher, and she is Heather Black. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hi, thank you for having me here. Oh my gosh, we are so excited. You are actually here in the studio today. Tell us what you're, what you're doing today.
3: Yes, I am filming episodes for an upcoming Quilt Along that will launch the Spoonflower's Petal Signature Cotton Solids. So Spoonflower is going to be introducing solids into their already um, print-to-order designs that you can get from them online. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, that
1: is so exciting.
0: And Lori and Ginger are not in the studio. I got to walk by and peek into the studio where you were recording and see your gorgeous (laughs) quilts on the wall.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I've been drooling over your quilts for a very long time now. (laughs)
0: Sorry, we're just going to
1: gush all over you today. (laughs) It's true. It's true. No, I literally, when she said that you were going to be joining us, I started jumping up and down. My husband's like, (laughs) what is going on? You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it.
0: (laughs) So I usually, when we have a guest, I usually ask how you got started quilting. Can you tell us about your fabric journey?
3: Yes. So
1: um,
3: I didn't start out liking quilting at first. I had some run-ins with it throughout my life. I always had quilts in my house. Um, My baby blanket was a patchwork blanket. But my first quilting experience was trying to make a quilt for my niece when she was being born. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just sewed squares together. I knew how to make pillows. So I attached the top to the backing like a pillow. And then I turned it right side out and I shoved batting in between the two layers.
1: (laughs) That's great. It works. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: uh, that quilt quickly fell apart. (laughs) And um, (laughs) yeah, my second experience with it was uh, my freshman year in college. And our dorm mother had a quilting group that I thought would be a good way to meet some of the girls since... I'm from um, Washington state and I was going to school in Pennsylvania and she had us sewing pillows Well, I was familiar with pillows. So I felt really comfortable with that, but it was all hand quilting and hand stitching. And I evidently had not learned what a thimble was. So about a week into the quilting group, my fingers were bloodied, they were sore and I just couldn't go anymore. So I kind of gave up quilting altogether. I wasn't going to try again. And I had a friend approach me one day and was just like, we should do something together as a craft. And she suggested quilting. And there was a long enough uh, time span between my bloody fingers and her suggestion. So I said, sure, I'll try. And I I loved it this time around. And that was back. Third time was a charm. It was. It was. (laughs) So that was back in 2011. So 10 years ago now. And so I've been quilting A lot since then I've done a lot of sewing and um, designing and making quilts since that time so it all worked out good
1: well and it's so funny I know when uh, Lori and I read your bio I think both of us were like what only 10 years like you (laughs) literally look like you've been quilting your whole entire life yes (laughs) wow thank you
2: I was amazed by the fact that it looks like you started having quilts published in 2017 and you didn't start quilting for real until 2011. That's only six years. I felt like that was a good good little lesson for everybody out there listening that, Mm. oh, maybe I want to do that, but I haven't been doing it very long. They don't need to wait. You're a perfect example. Yes. You know,
3: and I never really thought of myself as a competitive person. I don't think I have that competitive personality, but I, I have a drive when I see something someone else has accomplished. I think in my head, Oh, I can do that. And it's kind of that lack of fear that got me to submit quilts, maybe a little bit of ignorance. Like I didn't know the process. I didn't know what I was getting into. So I just jumped right in, but, um, I'm thankful for that. I'm very thankful that I was able to just maybe not know enough to to have fears or thoughts that had stopped me and I just jumped in I submitted a quilt to um then modern patchwork and it was accepted and it just
1: started from there so Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely think, I know that's where I first saw your quilts and oh my gosh, every time, like I would just look forward to if I knew you were going to be in an issue, if I knew you're, I just, I had to go find it and just, oh my gosh, just, I love trying to just follow, follow like kind of your thinking when you're designing, because I I do think it's fascinating. Um, You know, trying to even just find the blocks within your creation. Sometimes they mesmerize me. (laughs) Sorry. I'm gushing again.
0: (laughs) I love it. <laughs> so I'm curious. I ha- this has really been baffling me for a really long time, and I've wanted to ask you this question for probably two years. And I don't even know you, but so you grew up in Washington, and you went to <laughs> school in Pennsylvania. How did you become Quiltachusetts?
3: So I knew you were gonna ask that when you started.
1: Yes. I just assumed you were from Massachusetts. So and it's so do. funny when I found out how I
3: I I learned how, but still I'd love to hear the story. I um have been all over the United States. I've never been to Massachusetts. So it's even it's even crazier. But um so I mentioned that I went to school in Pennsylvania. Well, I met my future husband there. And after we got married, he kind of called my well, he called whenever I would go do um, sewing or anything. He would say, oh, are you going to go quilt a chusetts And he added a Chusetts onto a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He was from the Philadelphia area. <laughs>
1: okay.
3: And I don't know if that was just his thing or if it was like specific to like his family or people around him, but he would add like a chusets to things. And so he would say quilt a Well, we knew each other for like 17 years, but a year after we were married, he passed away and i just really felt like that was the name i wanted to use to honor his memory he had actually gotten me my first sewing machine like real sewing machine i had like a little brother machine that i got from costco that yeah it was very very basic so he got me my first like i call real sewing machine it's a husqvarna that you know, had an automatic cutter. it was just mind blowing but <laughs> so that was my way like that quiltchu was a nickname he had, and that was my na- way of honoring him and what I was doing so i I do kind of have ancestral ties to Massachusetts, so I'm not a complete fraud <laughs> <laughs> I have um descendant from relatives from the Mayflower and one of my ancestors is this man named Nathaniel Ball and his property is now the Minuteman National Park. And so that's all in Massachusetts. So I do have ancestral tie ties, but yes, I've never been there. I want to go, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um I don't I've yeah, doesn't have anything to do with Massachusetts. It's just a way of honoring my late husband. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's love that. so mm. lovely. I love that. I'm going to have to tell my husband he's got to start coming up with some names. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. So, how quickly after you started quilting did you start
3: designing? Minus the two failings <laughs> to start. But the third time, I designed from the very beginning. Again, wow. I, I didn't know anything about quilting and I didn't realize there were things called quilt patterns. And when my friend said, oh, let's make quilts, the only thing I could think of was, well, my parents' kitchen floor is made from squares. It was a Versailles tile pattern. So I decided I'll just copy that. And I measured out their tiles and then I used ratios and got it down into like a quilt size. So I think the biggest tile was like 24 by 24 inches and um, um, got them down into quilt sizes and proceeded on my way. Well, I ran into partial seams along the way and just sort of like pushed through, like, well, whatever. This
1: is, I don't know how to do this either. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's amazing, though, how I feel like sometimes when you do get those patterns and you do hear those rules, I feel like sometimes I get, I, I'm not as creative and I'm not as, as you know, as daring or, you know, when, when I see a pattern in front of me, sometimes I'm like, no, I got to stick to the pattern because I want it to look just like that. And I feel like I was so much more daring when I didn't pay attention to the patterns and I just dove in and did that. So it sounds like exactly what you did. And mm-hmm. now I need to check out more floor tiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
0: feel like that would have been such a brick wall to me. Like, I would have hit that and I would have been like, all right, well, I'm done. And I would have given up. That's really incredibly impressive that you just pushed through and did it.
2: The partial she- seams, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So I don't even know where to even go from here because I just feel like you've been very prolific. So, how did you get from, you know, Making a quilt based on tiles to where you are now, I mean, it, it's it's it, it's impressive to watch, especially in such a short time span.
3: Well, I always started out being creative. I mean, when I was young, I was interested in drawing, but not not like all kids draw, but I wanted to um I was really conscious about the techniques I was using in kid terms, of course, it wasn't coming into my head as techniques. So my mom saw that in me and she got me into paint lessons when I was nine and I took oil painting for a few years. And that really helped have a, have sort of a creative outlet that I could pursue. And I continued oil painting until I was um, in college. And then it got to the point where You know, I was in college, I didn't have money and I hated cleaning brushes and I ruined almost every brush because it was just awful to clean. So I gave that up. When I got out of college, I got a job and I, I didn't know how to use graphic design and it was with a pool chemical company and they decided they needed new labels. So they told me to make them. They said, they said, go look at the floor tiles and come up with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, basically I, they gave me Photoshop. This is back in 2000 and I started playing with Photoshop and I enjoyed it. So I, I would just mess around with it in my free time. And I've just been playing with that software since then. So when I got to the point that I wanted to design quilts, it was just natural for me to design them in Photoshop. And it just sort of spread from there. So are you still using Photoshop? Yes, I still do. It was kind of the situation where I stuck with what I what I knew. And I've just been able to use that to increase my creative process. And I design quilts in Photoshop. Lots of times I still will translate that design over into EQ because it makes it easier to Apply specific prints and things to that quilt pattern, but most of my initial initial designs will be done in Photoshop.
1: Nice. So you've really seen an evolution of Photoshop too, then since two thousand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Yeah, I remember it first came out, and then Illustrator followed, and they were very, very similar. So I just stuck with Photoshop, but now they're totally different, and I can't, I can't use Illustrator really. Interesting.
0: So I want to segue because I don't know if Lori and Ginger know this, but so your name comes up often when we are in in meetings with Vivica DeNegri
1: of Culting Arts. Who sends her hugs, by the way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So she will often suggest that I contact you if I need something specific and I'm pretty sure that we asked you to submit for Quiltmaker and boy did she you guys. (laughs) So I have I just got the next issue of Quiltmaker. It just arrived in the office today. What a coincidence that she happens to be here but see. And this is a quilting issue. So everything. So there are several articles in here about um, quilting and there's an interview with Karen McTavish and Debbie Brown is the cover quilt. And she actually wrote me an, an article about how should I quilt this? And you, Heather, submitted this wonderful design that is based on a childhood memory of tunnels. And I'm going to flash up the image for Lori and Ginger so that they can see it. Um, but it's just a gorgeous quilt. And um, and, and a little side story. So I, I'm not even sure if you knew that this was a quilting issue, but here you guys go. Can you see that? Oh, nice. Oh,
1: wow.
0: <gasps> so it totally looks like tunnels. It's gorgeous. Um, Heather... You actually submitted a design and then you asked me when I accepted it if you could do use your own fabric collection. So how did you get into fabric designing?
3: Well, it just kind of came with that same plane in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I would design a quilt and I wouldn't want to make it as a quilt. But in my mind, I'd say, well, that would be a great fabric design. And I went from designing quilts to kind of playing with fabric designs. And then I sort of taught myself repeats and how to make my designs print ready for fabric and began submitting my designs. And thankfully, Paintbrush Studios was, had been talking to me about doing Fat Quarter Bundle of Solids. And we, we ended up doing that and having a, a quilt design for their solids. And so during that process, I submitted to them, and it was great to have like the, the personal contact to go to. So I submitted mm-hmm. to them two fabric lines, and they decided to print both of them. So I have both my sketchbook and my road trip fabrics lines in the quilt that's in Quilt Maker.
1: Nice. So oh, I love it. Oh, congrats though. That's awesome. Oh, yes. wow. Thank you. So are you doing
3: more lines with them in the future? Is it a good match? In Near future, I have a line coming out August 1st with them. And it's a little different than what my first two ones were kind of standalone collections based off of a, a theme like Sketchbook was really based on just doodles and playing around and sketching things. And then Road Trip was based off of all the family road trips that we took together. And that's sort of the ingress-egress quilt I have. in the magazine is a spin-off of that theme too. But this third line coming out is a line of basics and blenders. So there's going to be a cool color tone and a colorway. And then there's a warm colorway. And it's called Mod Textures, or right now it is. Hopefully the working title sticks. But it's going to just be more modern sort of background textural prints that you can add and mix and match with your stash that you have at home or other fabrics that you're buying for projects. That's how oh, cool. Wonderful.
2: Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, that's exciting
3: yeah, I'm excited. and I they're great for mixing with solids. And so I've got a few quilt designs running around in my head right now. So
1: I'm excited to get the fabric too, and start playing with it now. Do you have to use like two different parts of your brain when you're designing fabric or you're designing quilts, or is it all kind of like it just comes to you?
3: I think it just is all kind of comes to me. So nice. like I said, a lot of times when I design fabric, I think about a need that I had when I was designing a quilt. That's not met yet in the marketplace, and that's sort of where the whole mod textures line came from, too, because lots of times you don't want a strong print to mix in with solids. Mm-hmm. you want just something to give that movement or balance or or depth, but you don't you know want a whole print to enter um, to mix in with the solids or or you know to add a different element or stand out too much. so that's kind of where I came up with this. The idea for the third line. I'm excited to see it.
0: Yeah, Mm. me too. And and then I want to even add on another level because I feel like your quilting adds a whole nother design to Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. quilt patterns. Mm -hmm. So, how do you approach quilting a quilt? Are you thinking about that when you design the quilt or is that an afterthought?
3: Well, when I, it depends. Lots of times I start thinking about my quilting when I start pulling fabrics. And so I might not have an exact quilt design when I'm designing it. Uh, Most of the time I don't, unless it's something with large areas of negative space, then I might be thinking about like, well, what can I put in there to compensate for that, you know, make that negative space more balanced. But for the most part, it doesn't, I don't start thinking about quilting until I'm pulling fabrics. And it might be something that has to do with actually seeing them in person and, and feeling the fabrics. But I, I like to start thinking about, so what do I want to highlight? What If I pull a fabric and I really like it, I really like the color or I really like the texture, then I'm like, well, if I really like this, I want it to stand out. So that's one area where I start thinking about it. Definitely while I'm piecing and actually spending that time, you know, you're pretty close to your fabrics when you're piecing and realizing wow I really like how these two elements go together in this block I wasn't expecting that how do I get the quilting to enhance that is another question I sort of ask myself as I go and then finally when the top is done I definitely you know you're thinking about quilting then and like you said if you need another layer of design is there quilting what can I do quilting that will enhance this and also think about like well what if I do this approach How is this going to affect the design? And sometimes you can come up with the answer that, well, if I did just this quilting across the whole top, I would lose all my depth. And then so then you can rule that out. And so it's just kind of a process, like I said, that for me really starts with the fabric pull and being able to see in person and have that tactile experience with the fabrics. The ideas about quilting start to come come into my head.
1: Nice. I feel like I wouldn't stress as hard about the piecing if maybe I was already thinking about the quilting while I'm doing that. So I'm (laughs) going to keep that in mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of ways, Ginger, that you can Mm -hmm. enhance or or even, you know, sort of subdue um, parts of your piecing while Mm -hmm. you're quilting. And so sometimes that's what I'm thinking as I'm, I'm putting things together. Is there a spot that might need mm-hmm. seem a little weak or, you know, um, maybe my, my points weren't so perfect. So how can I quilt it? And I'm not even a great quilter, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, it's not my, my strong suit. So I'm always intrigued in asking our guests and, and people who are in my magazine about, you know, how do they approach that? Because every single person is different.
1: Yeah. Well, and it seems like just shifting your perspective and looking at those negative spaces and like, oh, what can I do with that? As mm-hmm. opposed to, okay, good. I got it all together and it's there. Like getting over that hump, I think is probably going to be, uh, that That would be huge. And looking at it as a canvas, because it really is. It really mm-hmm. is a canvas to to really explore on. So I like that. <laughs> I like that too. All yeah. right. I did want to
0: just sort of reiterate and and let you promote anything that you'd like to promote. So I you have a lot going on. So <laughs> fabric collection, new book which have we barely talked about the new book. I don't I'm not even sure we we touched on that. So why don't we take a minute or two and and talk about that because you've got this gorgeous book with stash that just came out.
3: Yeah, my Design Make Quilt Modern book um is really taking a quilter from their inspiration to binding. So the complete steps of how you can get that creativity out of you know something you see or something you're experiencing or a memory and get it into a quilt. And um I go over in everyday terms. I wasn't formally trained as an artist. So most of the design techniques, tips and tricks, the color theory that in the book is very relatable and just helps build on experiences that you have in your life and just start by like an example I don't know if it made it in the book now that I'm thinking about it but I believe it did but an example I have in the book is like when I was a little girl we were standing at my mom was buying some balloons and the lady selling the balloons was talking to the customer in front of us and the customer said, I don't know what colors to pick. And the lady said, pick any three, they'll go together. And just hearing that statement, like made me curious. Like, why is that true? Why is that true? And they proceeded to pick out balloons and threes that looked fabulous. And looking back at it, I can, I can see that, okay, all the balloons were the same saturation. And they all kind of had the same sort of texture and, and, and I say texture and, and sheen to them. And so there were other things that were tying them together, not just their color. And so this made what the, the uh, salesperson say to this lady true that they could do that. And it was just things like that throughout my life where I asked myself questions. And I explain in the book, how you can do that throughout your life. You don't have to have formal art training. And you can learn these things through your life experience, learn how you process the world and to translate that into a quilt design. So if I know that things far away are smaller than things up close, then I can apply that to quilts. And if I want something to look far away in my quilt, oh, I'll make it smaller kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that book has a section on color theory. And I think that that that's something that quilters can be really frightened of. Mm -hmm. And so I do an approach of, you know, there's no right or wrong answer to color theory. It's what colors you enjoy working with, what you like. And lots of times if there's someone out there that you think, oh, they're fabulous with colors, I'll never be that good with colors. Most of the time it's just because you have the same likes and dislikes when it comes to color palettes. But there's no magical formula of how this person does colors um so well it's just that you think they're so well because you love those colors and so working with colors you love makes those palettes possible too and so it's it's just a, an approach that's very down to earth like i said it incorporates being able to ask yourself questions and arrive at these design techniques through everyday living and applying them to your quilt so there's uh four projects in the book that go over different design aspects so you can get used to working with them and seeing how each, like the designs, the four quilts go over introducing depth and movement and negative space and contrasting colors. So you can really explore actually working with a quilt that has those design techniques in them. And then um, hopefully apply those designs by putting your own personal touches on patterns that you buy or even designing your own quilts and making those. I love it. Uh, That's, you know, as you were talking, all I was thinking was
0: how interesting it is that you're talking about in the book, creating quilts around your own experiences. Mm -hmm. Your fabric collection was road trip was about your own personal experience doing that. And then the quilt and quilt maker also has to do with the road trip. So (laughs) it's all sort of together, at least in my mind, because I've seen all these things. They all it's amazing how it overlaps and sort of makes a cohesive story,
1: which is your story. And I think that's why everybody loves your quilts because they are, it's coming from you. Like, I, th- mm-hmm. I feel like that is such an extension of you, and it makes me feel like I know you, and it's awesome.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I spent a while on your website, and I found it absolutely inspiring. And I want to be sure that our listeners know about that. Check out her website, it's com, and it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, I want your slideshow thing that you have as like my screensaver. Oh nice. <laughs> I was just staring.
0: <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> and so when does your quilt
3: along that you're you're filming today? Uh when does do you know when that goes live? The details, the fine details are being hashed out, but it should be this fall. Okay. And it's going to be when we talked about getting published in my first published quilt so it's actually returning back to that and it's going to be for my urban trek quilt oh nice. nice i love it it'll be a big surprise because a lot of what we're dealing with this time around is making that quilt in prints. so the original was all solids mm-hmm. but there's a lot of the spoon flower prints with their new solids as um, mixed in to enhance those prints so It's a little different take on it. It's going to be really good. I love it.
1: Yes, I love and hate (laughs) prints. It's it's just the thought of using them and using them correctly, you know, because, oh, man, put them in the wrong spot. It really can kind of damage it. So it's awesome. You'll get it. It'll Mm -hmm. be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, thank you,
0: Heather, for joining us. I I can't even express how happy we are Um, as soon as we knew that you were going to be in the studio and that we could steal you for a little while. We've all been so excited.
3: Oh, well, thank you. It's it's fabulous being here. It's so much fun and I'm glad that we finally got to see each other in person. Yes, love <laughs> it.
2: Heather does a lot of curved piecing. Lots of circles, lots of just curved Oh, and it's a scary subject. So for our (laughs) fine finishes today, we're going to talk about curved piecing. And there are basically three methods. You can pin, or you can not pin, or you can glue. So let's talk about them
1: did you go first? Yes. No. Cause I, I am very curve obsessed. Um, I, I just do, I love working with curves. Yeah, I am, I am very curvilicious. And, um, you know, for me personally, it's so funny. I think I started out and I was like a pinaholic. Like I made sure like every single, like there was nothing that wasn't pinned down and it took me forever. And I was like, yeah, this is not going to last. So I still do pin, but, um, I'm definitely not, uh, as much. So it's, so I think I went from like, you know, 15 pin pins per curve down to like maybe four or five. And and I think it is, it, it really is. It's almost like quilting where you just have to get into that, um, the muscle memory of of working with those when you're doing it. And I think when you're working on a really big quilt, it's such a great opportunity if you've got a lot of curves in it to, uh, you know, really get in there and, and get that down. Because I know by the time I, the last quilt that I had done, by the time I got done with it, it was, I, I was like, phew, pins. I don't need any pins, you know? So I think when you you're in that mode, and then I think now, because it's been a while, if I go back I think I'd have to go in and pin but I've never glued have either of you guys ever glued or like what are your thoughts I have not
2: glued I when I do regular piecing I don't pin at all okay but when I do curved piecing if it's a small block I do three pins one at the beginning one at the Mm -hmm. end one in the middle yeah I'm a
0: three pin kind of girl.
2: Okay.
0: I saw this video on Instagram and it was Libs Elliott and she showed how to glue. And I know it wasn't her technique because there's people been doing it for a while where you just lay down the glue and then you rub your finger along the edge and it holds like pins, but you're all smoothed out already, which is incredible. And I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I'm a kind of a three pin girl, but the other technique that I have tried I actually stood in the So Kind of Wonderful booth. Lori, do you know the one in in market? It's all curved piecing. It's not ringing a bell.
1: Okay. How have I not
0: gone there? (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you next time we go. All right. So um, they have these really wonderful rulers, and Mm. it's for curved piecing. They've got all these fantastic designs, and it's not just like Dresden plates. It's Mm -hmm. all kinds of curvy things, right? And – In their booth, they've got all the quilts hung, and then they've got a little display table set up with a featherweight. And they show you how to use the ruler, and you can cut your convex and your concave curves. And then you sew it together, and then you use the ruler to Mm -hmm. square up your block so it's perfect every time, right? But they don't pin at all. They just put the curves together at the tip. And then the way that they hold it, they pull their, their hands are crossed and then they pull it, their hands apart as they sew. And it just is like freaking magic. Yes. And and they actually let me stand there and practice. And then I got home and I forgot how to do it.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like,
0: ah. Because I'm kind of like you, Lori. I don't really enjoy pinning. So my favorite.
1: Well, and you know who else also has a no-pin method is Jenny K. Parks. Her She's got a, a nice little method that she does, and I know that she teaches that as well. And I've seen her do that, and I have not tried it, and I need to. It's so funny. Every time I always forget about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to remember to do her method. So I know she's worth checking out as well. It's one of those things where I feel like you need to have somebody show you how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and, and, and then you also have to remember to go do it. <laughs> well, you have to
0: practice it with them yeah. watching so that they can tell you what you're doing wrong. Because yeah. when I got home, I kept trying over and over
1: again and Mm -hmm. nothing worked. Yes. Well, I have glue sticks. I don't have rulers, but I have glue sticks. So I'm definitely, I'm going to try that the next time around because I'm really intrigued by that, um, the thought of just having that. Because like I said, I've gotten to a point where if I'm, you know, getting towards the end of the blocks that I'm doing, I'm I'm fast. I'm really, you know, much faster. So I think if I had the glue there, man, I'd be, man, you couldn't stop me. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Well,
0: that was really awesome. So I can't wait until the next show. And you you ladies are some of my favorite people in the world. So thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, ditto. That's nice.
0: <laughs> hey, it's Tracy. As promised, Quilter Select now brings you my interview with author, fabric designer, and host of the quilt show, the amazing Alex Anderson. Visit quilterselect.com to find a Quilter Select retailer near you. Quilter Select, the makers of the real non-slip quilting rulers. Hey, Alex, how are you? Yay, Tracy, it's us again. (laughs) It is, it is. Are you now like the guest we've had on the show
4: the most? I don't know. I know I'm the one that's made you cry the most.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'll, I'll tell you something that didn't make me cry. I just finished baby quilt a few weeks ago and in the midst of quilting it I looked over at my supplies and I saw your rectangular quilting ruler your precision machine quilting ruler and I decided I was going to give it a go because it was dresden plates and what I wanted to do was just have a little quarter of an inch echo inside each blade so when I started quilting I hand quilted everything because that's what we did back in the 90s right right? and so quilting isn't something that machine let's say specific free motion quilting is not really something that I consider myself great at might be that I'm surrounded by people who are excellent quilters but this made me very happy to use your ruler I looked at it and I, you know, I've used your regular rulers and I know it doesn't slip, but I was kind of surprised that it didn't slip and it held all of my layers together and it gave me a way to make perfect lines.
4: Well, I want to say thank you. Uh, I love them too. I've played pretty much with the straight line ones. I haven't played too much with the curved ones, but that's something that I thought was fabulous when I was machine quilting. It even kind of held it like how people hold Pushers, I don't know what you mm-hmm, call them. Yeah, pushers, right. Pushers, the pusher, link. right. Um, this worked like that. And I'll, yes, it did. I'll tell you the other thing I do, Tracy, a little tip is that even when I'm using my walking foot on my domestic, I use this ruler because it just kind of is like bumper bowling. It just helps you stay on track. So you can imagine my delight when at Coulter uh, Select, they came out with some curved ones where you can do clamshells, scallops, orange peels, waves, circles, you know, on and on and on. Oh my gosh. I mean, I love it because this non-slip backing, I would say, and this is in addition to the regular ruler's, The first one in the industry that really has been developed and perfected. And then I was all up on numbers going in the left-hand direction, the right-hand direction Mm -hmm. on the standard ones. So we've kind of set this bar kind of high, I think. And I love (laughs) it. Can I say that? Yeah, you can, you can, because I
0: think you remember, like, I remember specifically when you first showed me your new ruler Uh and it was when it was brand new years ago at market and, you know, it's not sticky. It's not, it's, it's just has this coating that just magically, like it's magic. It holds onto the fabric and you can spin it and it holds onto the fabric. It doesn't shift. And for a person like me who has arthritis in their hands, it is a game changer to me.
4: Yes, thank you. I think it is a game changer. And honestly, I would like to take credit for the lines on the ruler and the marking, as <laughs> yes, you should. But in all fairness, <laughs> Kay Brooks came up with the second part. I didn't even imagine anything like this was possible. So, yay. And now it's available in quilting rulers. Yay! Yes,
0: yes. And Kay Brooks is a genius. I just need to give her a shout out. Um, and having seen her in action, and the things that she thinks about, as far as product development, mm-hmm. are just mind blowing because it just changes everything.
4: I kind, I kind of give him the problem.
0: <laughs> Here's the problem. <laughs> Here's the problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And between the two of you, you've knocked it out of the park. I cannot wait to try the clamshell ruler. Oh yeah. To be perfectly honest, that is not something that I think I would uh, attempt normally, because I'm kind of a perfectionist. I want it to look nice. And while my quilting, you know, looks fine to a person who's not a quilter. <laughs> <You know? laughs> to me, you know, it, it's, you know, I notice the mistakes because my face is, you know, inches away as I'm working as all quilters do.
4: Isn't that the truth is when you're working on it, you're going, oh, when I, we talked about hand quilting in the beginning here, Mm -hmm. When I Mm -hmm. taught hand quilting, past hands, I would tell people they weren't allowed to rip out stitches until the whole thing was done. Because the truth of it is, and the same thing with machine quilting, you look at it and go, oh, this is horrible. And then just hold your horses, calm down. It will be fine. Just step away from it. Agreed. I think we're a little too critical on ourselves.
0: And what's nice is I feel like This gave me a way to execute what was in my brain and have it come out as well as it would have if I had used my walking foot.
4: Well, you've just made my day, okay? Oh, good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I could make you cry, that would make my day. (laughs) All right. So let's go back to your Quilter Select rulers. Uh And so you are left-handed. And that's why you wanted the measurements to go in both directions. Is that
4: correct? Correct. And I also wanted really fine lines so that you didn't have to guess kind of where the line is when you rotary cut. I want it fine. And we got it. Yay.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, um, amazing to me when I switch rulers, you know, I mean, I'm an editor of a magazine, so I've got to try out different products when they come out and switching between rulers, especially if you're not using that brand's mat can be a little, make your blocks a little wonky. So that thin line takes all the guesswork out of uh,
4: yeah hey where to cut but guess what guess what, what? we have a pink one coming out in August Ooh, or maybe mm-hmm. already now I'm not sure I think it just hit the warehouse uh-huh proceeds are going to go to help fight breast cancer research with the Dr. Susan Love Foundation. So if you're a pinky and uh, we've got the (laughs) ruler for you, it's got the same markings. It's got the same sticky back. Well,
0: it's not sticky. That's the wrong. No, it's not sticky. That's not a good word for it.
4: But it has the same thing and money will be given to help fight breast cancer. So that made me very happy when RK decided to do this.
0: That's amazing. Um, what size is the ruler?
4: Six by 12. Oh, fantastic. Big, that's that's my favorite size. size. <laughs> practical.
0: Yeah, it's practical. Yeah. So I wanna, I have a question for sure. you because I've used some of your threads and I use your 80 weight thread and I love it. And can you tell me the difference? I'm putting you on the spot here. So the 80 weight is
4: a para cotton poly. So para cotton means like cotton. Is a polyester thread, okay? Okay. And when I started quilting, when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth, we were (laughs) terrorized about using polyesters. Remember that? Right. Terrorized. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because they would say that it would break down the fibers in your quilt.
4: Mm -hmm. And it's come a long way thread. It's come a way long way. And the cool thing about this 80 weight is that while it is polyester, no problems, it is strong and it's super mm-hmm. fine. So I always have it on my bobbin. I used a 60 weight before we came up with the 80 weight, a 60 weight of another brand. We came up with the 80 weight and it is beautiful. It's like you can, I have a big bobbin in my machine and it's like I could almost fill the bobbin and then sew till Thanksgiving. It's so fine, <laughs> <bet>. you know? <laughs> and then your accuracy when you're piecing and stuff is wonderful, but wait, there's more. I also use it for applique by hand and by machine, Mm -hmm. because it plays like silk. And so you know how silk kind of disappears when you are doing machine work with it. Well, so does this stuff. Yet it is strong enough to be able to bind a quilt with it.
0: You want to know what I use it for?
4: What I like to
0: do English paper piecing, oh. but I like to do it by machine. Yeah, and so I use it in my top and my bobbin. Yeah, and I do a tiny, tiny zigzag between the two hexagons or whatever shape I'm doing, and it works beautifully. Okay, I've
4: got to write that down and steal it right. <laughs> fabulous I'll send you because that would be in lieu of using, say, a monopoly or something like that, right? Okay, Yes. gotcha. gotcha. Yes.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I, 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 and the nice thing is that I don't even really have to change the, the thread to color too much. So if I'm going between say white and red, I'll just use the white and it blends in because it's so, such a tiny zigzag. It just sort of pulls it together. And then once it's quilted, you don't even notice.
4: Okay. Off the top of your head, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have any mm-hmm. idea what width you do and what length you do? Ooh, make uh, it up. Yes.
0: <laughs> I think, I believe I use like a one or a one and a half wide. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And it might be the same or even smaller than a one length. Oh. Like it's teeny tiny, but I'll go look. Cause I've got it written
4: down. No, that sounds about right. Uh, that sounds yeah. about right. Cause that would virtually disappear. The other thing too is when I am machine applique, my width, I do a blanket stitch. My width is 0. 0.9 and my length is three. And you're sitting there looking at it going, Uh oh my gosh, I can see it. I can see it. When you're done, you can't see it. It's gone.
0: When it's done, you can't. It disappears completely. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 That is fantastic. So tell me about your 60 weight, because I don't know that I've tried your 60 weight thread.
4: When I use the 60 weight is for this. I use, when I'm piecing, I put my 80 weight on the bottom bobbin. And then when I have the 60 weight on top and the... What it is, it's a polyester core, but it is wrapped with long staple Egyptian cotton. So it plays like cotton. The reason I like it on the top when I am machine piecing, I want to be real clear, is it gives a little grab to the bobbin, which is a little bit um, silkier. So it kind of helps grab it. And when you've got the 60 on top and you've got the 80 on the bobbin, your accuracy is oh my gosh over the top over the top yeah oh, yeah but this. always that 80 weight in your bobbin don't do anything <laughs> oh, well you make little bobbins don't
0: you like the, the colored you can buy yes, them pre-bound. um
4: that does not work on my sewing machine bobbin that's right because you've got the big bernina one yeah 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 um but if your machine takes bobbins that are l-class and can't remember the other class we've got them but also we have in the 80 weight but also we have a ring that has all 40 colors of the threads which is fabulous because you can actually use that bobbin on the top of your machine when you're doing the applique or the zigzag like you yeah it works it absolutely works yeah yeah yeah
0: I was actually also thinking that 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 that, that ring of the the mm-hmm. like all of the colors, or even even just the the white, or you know the other combinations of you know like right. basic colors, would be fantastic to just throw in your sewing kit anyway if you're doing handwork. Well, work guess what? And That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, <laughs> I'd even pay for it if I had to. Genius. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. It's I don't good. blame you. Fantastic. Well, it has been such a
4: pleasure talking to yeah. you today, Alex. And I want to remind people to go to the Quilters Select site. It's quilterselect.com. And every month we have some pretty cool promotions that you can go talk to your Quilters Select dealer and encourage them to get it. So I know, like for instance, the ruler, the Susan, the pink ruler, breast cancer ruler is gonna be on promotion. We've got a really great promotion on the 60 weight. And then also the new rulers, new shapes and sizes. Woohoo. So much news. I know. How can I make you cry? What can I say? Oh, how can I make you <laughs> cry about it? <laughs> Man, I want to see you so bad and just put my arms around you and oh, hug you. Oh, same.
0: I miss you so much.
4: Well, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. I always love talking about products when I know it will enhance quilter's experience.
0: It will. That's what's wonderful about your products is they were all designed by you and you know what we want. Visit quilterselect.com today to find a quilter select retailer near you. Quilter Select, the makers of the real non-slip quilting rulers. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer
2: of podcasts is Jared Mayer.